So there was one point, I would say this last year, where I was in school full time, I was volunteering four days a week, and I was trying to keep my family alive, and my body was screaming, stop, stop, something has to give. So uh, the answer, like, there's, there's these constant, you know, growing pains and readjusting. And as my son, you know, enters into new stages and interests and that kind of thing, you can kind of shift and play around with what feels good. But I've, I've had to learn to listen to my body, especially, and see what it's asking for and what my family needs of me, what... and. I'm sure a lot of your audience can relate. I find it very difficult. And this is something that I've been working on for so long. And it's still difficult. It's getting less difficult, but still difficult to say no. Motherhood is an honorable and full-time job. But between the dishes and diapers lies a woman with her own hopes and dreams. Here we discuss the woman behind her title mother and the many things that bring joy into her life. I'm your host, Jerrica, and welcome to season three of She Has a Name Too. This season is packed with inspirational stories of women just like you and I. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. All right, welcome back to She Has a Name Too. I am so excited to be here with Camille today. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Jerrica. So Camille, tell us where you're from. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Vernon, BC in Canada. I, I think you're my first person in BC. Ooh, excellent. So that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> go BC. Um, cool. So my first question for you, and I ask this to all of my guests, is who are you when you aren't being called mom? And I'm assuming you're also uh, you're also counting like mama, mommy, mom, mom. Yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> when I'm not being called mom, I am a pre-med student. I am a very active, passionate volunteer. I am a non-traditional student mentor. I am an Instagram influencer. I am a gardener. I am a uh, a pretty great wife, <laughs> I think, a pretty great wife. And I am a, a, a worrier, I guess. I'm sure a lot of your audience can, can relate to that. Yes, I think a lot of us are worriers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just just enjoying the process of, you know, this experience of life and self-discovery. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so I'm curious, where do you volunteer? What do you like to do for volunteer? I I have a few different volunteer positions. I founded a non-for-profit called the Animal Abuse Defense Registry a number of years ago. Um, but the one that I'm, the role that I'm most passionate about right now is uh, at hospice. I volunteer at the hospice here in Vernon, and I've been there for quite a few years. I also deliver food to elementary students through uh, what's called the Starfish Pack program, and I've been a volunteer with uh, refugees for about four or five years now as well. So I got I got my hands in a lot of <laughs> in a lot of different spaces that's for sure. Yeah, that's really cool. What kind of like got you volunteering? What where did you start out? It's always been a very important value of mine to contribute to the betterment of the world as I see it in one facet or another. That's I I approach that whether it's 
with um, with family or business or my education. It's just always been important to me to contribute where I where I can. So I find opportunities locally that I can contribute to, or I create opportunities. So when you became a mom, if this is something that is part of you, uh, when you became a mom for the first time, was this kind of a struggle for you? Or did you f- just feel like you could just step right back out into volunteer work? Uh, y- yes and no. Uh, I was a bit overconfident, I feel, <laughs> when I mm-hmm. felt like <laughs> one person can can juggle in a single day. And I, I still believe that you can have it all. You can do it all. It may not necessarily be at the same capacity that you were used to, or it may not all be in the same day. That's okay. You can still, you can still get done whatever you want to get done. So there was one point, I would say this last year where I was in school full time. I was volunteering four days a week and I was trying to keep my family alive and my body was screaming, stop, stop, something <laughs> has to give. So uh, the answer, like there's there's these constant, you know, growing pains and readjusting. And as my son, you know, enters into new stages and interests and that kind of thing, you can kind of shift and play around with what feels good. But I've, I've had to learn to listen to my body, especially, and see what it's asking for and what my family needs of me, what, and I'm sure a lot of your audience can relate. I find it very difficult. And this is something that I've been working on for so long and it's still difficult. It's getting less difficult, but still difficult to say no. Mm-hmm. I struggled, especially with volunteering, saying no when there's a need that I know I can fill that is needed. And they're asking me, oh, can you come in on this day? Or can you do this thing for the group and my my instant response is yes of course <laughs> regardless of whether i honestly have time or not yeah i feel that so it's a learning experience yeah i was actually just having the same conversation um with someone at church the other day and mm-hmm. we were talking about saying yes to volunteer work and I was like, you know, you really have to take a step back and take an inventory of your life and like what's going on. Exactly what you're saying. Like as much as we want to say yes all the time and whether it be volunteer work or career or whatever it is, we do need to take a step back and sometimes realign our priorities. Absolutely. Okay. So when you had a newborn, you said, <laughs> so you said that you were over ambitious. So like, are you talking like six weeks, you're out there volunteering. What was what was it like adjusting? No, I you know, I was a little bit more lenient than that. I had my son. So I went back to university after having a successful career in uh, web development. So I was a bit older. I and I had my son about 10 days after my last exam in my second year. So I took that summer to just figure out what it was to be a mom and to start, you know, learning how to keep this, this tiny being alive. Yeah. (laughs) And over the summertime, I, I still kept in touch with my volunteer responsibilities, but I did it differently. I adapted. I mostly kept in touch through email and was able to coordinate other volunteers that way and, you know, see what needs could be filled that way. Um, And then that September I was, back in school, but I did it online. 
so I could be nursing him and doing my classes or up in the middle of the night, I can be reading a textbook when I'm <laughs> up with him. So yeah, it's about shifting and pivoting, but I, I definitely was trying to take on a lot. Uh, but I feel like I was pretty good at the beginning at learning how to accommodate, I guess you could say, to the new the new reality. Yeah, and that's what it is, is this new normal, as we like to say nowadays, everyone's throwing that around. <laughs> but it is, it is a new normal and you totally have to adapt. I love that you said that you pivoted and you adapted so you were online and, you know, you were still getting things done, but you were doing it when you had the time and when you were capable. Yes. Yeah, I love that. And sometimes I think like, I mean, as a new mom, it's so overwhelming and you take that time to kind of mourn your own life. At least I did. Mm. I'm sure a lot of women do. <laughs> but yeah, to kind of jump back in and to adapt. I just, I love that word, adapting to your new life. I'm so glad that you use the word mourn because you really, you really do have to mourn your previous lived experience, your expectations of yourself. And I think that was something that was quite difficult for me. I, I was under the assumption that once my son had some form of childcare other than myself and my spouse, that I could go back to life as normal. Mm -mm, that was definitely not the case. It's still not the case. Mm -hmm. But you do, it's, it's okay to feel sad for the life that you had. That's no longer your reality and that's okay and sometimes it really 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 sucks yeah <laughs> there's there's beautiful parts in there too please yes. don't assume that it's, <laughs> it's not all doom and gloom otherwise people wouldn't be having making beautiful babies but it's different and it's okay to be sad that things are different and i i think that's something that i wish i knew beforehand like i kind of mm -hmm. i kind of went into motherhood thinking oh this is my life calling this is what I'm supposed to be. And then I realized, wow, look at all of this stuff that I gave up that I didn't realize was going to go out the window mm -hmm. when I had this baby. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, I think it's so important to mourn that. But then, like you said, adapt to your new environment and still figure out how to make life good and productive afterwards. And if I'm being honest, I did not enjoy motherhood at all at the beginning. I have, I am not one of those people who just was born with like these beautiful maternal <laughs> instincts. I've always been more of a cat person or a dog person. <laughs> but it took me it honestly took me I about four months maybe to really truly love my son. Mm -hmm. And I hope that people don't I hope that some people relate and say, oh my goodness, I feel that too and don't judge. I mean I immediately felt responsible for this beautiful creature. But it wasn't until his first laugh mm. that my heart I felt like, you know, in that the end of the Grinch when his heart just like goes up three sizes, I just felt that and just felt so overwhelmed with love. And that was part of figuring out my new life too. I felt at first that I was now responsible for this new being, but it did take a while to really love him and love the experience. Yeah, I can totally relate with that. Um, I remember one night really late, I was just uh, crying about everything, you know, as mm -hmm. you do. As one does. And, yeah. Yeah. 
And I told my husband, I said, I don't like our baby. Like, I I don't like her. I don't like that she's here. I don't like how my life has changed, but I love her. And it just, like, it kind of just hits you. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you love this human. You feel responsible for them. You know that, obviously, I'm going to take care of them and I'm going to do my best as a parent. Yeah, of course. But, like, in that moment, in that newborn stage, I was feeling – I was not feeling it. <laughs> like, no. Is there a return policy? Yes. Yes, and it is we accept no returns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she is so much more fun now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. I hear you. Toddler stage, and mm-hmm. that's where we're in, is way more yes. fun than newborn. Yeah. And sometimes I think about, man, do I really want to do that again? <laughs> Those, like, first three or four months, like, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. But then – but then I think about, okay, after after she really started, like, crawling, that's when it got fun. Yeah. Like, the laughter and then crawling and sitting and, and learning how to walk and talk, like, teaching her vocabulary. Yeah, I want to do that all over again. They start becoming a person. Yeah, you get to see their individual personality. It's so beautiful. You know, I really appreciate you being vulnerable and mm-hmm. sharing that because I'm sure that there's someone out there listening who's maybe in that stage in the middle of crying themselves to sleep because, you know, things suck right now and maybe they needed to hear yeah. that. Yeah, I hope so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no judging. Mm-hmm. Don't don't mm-hmm. send me hate mail for <laughs> feeling that way. Because <laughs> you can send it to me. I, I don't mind. <laughs> because really, I mean, so many of us feel that way. And I've talked to countless moms who do feel that way. And the bonding happens eventually. Yes, it does. That's the thing. It like does. sometimes, it, sometimes it happens in the hospital, and sometimes it happens later. And and motherhood at some point will be enjoyable, and I think that's something important to remember. But also, as you adapt, like we're talking about, as you adapt your lifestyle to this new family, this new life that you have you can still find happiness. Like you're talking about that joy that you felt mm-hmm. with with the first laugh, mm-hmm. right? You know, you know, you'd miss out on that if you returned your baby. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So what else brings you joy? Our dog. Oh my goodness. If anyone else out there has has a dog, they're just like this incredible source of unconditional love and it's just so beautiful it's so innocent oh my goodness I love her okay um also I love spending time in the garden and really date nights with my husband have been like a lifesaver I know it's so like it's so cheesy and stereotypical to like schedule a date night it's so nice to just have some time to reconnect as individuals and not just Mm -hmm. not just sit down and start talking logistics for the next week on who's going to get who where and on what time. And my son right now, he's in, he's, he's, he just turned three and he's really into telling spooky stories (laughs) and listening to his version of a spooky story is so, so funny. He's, he's absolutely hilarious. And I, that's just, that's like the peak of my day is listening to him tell a story. Yeah. It's It's so cute. 
that's that's when motherhood gets really fun is when they're yes yes he's also very sassy that yeah oh. that there's there's fun other other times when he uses it for his powers for maybe evil sometimes yeah. <laughs> of course but mostly it's so sweet it's so sweet yeah that's awesome i've had lots of people with dogs on here and lots of gardeners that's amazing. So in BC, do you have do you have like a large garden? Do you kind of explain to me like where in BC, like what the climate's kind of like? I live in the best park, the sunny Okanagan. We live in Vernon. Okay, looking out my window, you can't see it right now. Any any listeners can't see, but I am like in a on the edge of a forest where our little acreage is on like the edge of a forest, and on the other side of it is apple orchards oh man it is so beautiful and we are surrounded by hiking trails so our garden we we've we live on a, on a couple acres um is massive <laughs> it's like too big to handle i swear at one point i'm just gonna like water it and be like don't hurt my family because <laughs> it's like taking over <laughs> the place um, but we've got like so many different fruit trees and vegetables. I would love it's not it didn't happen this year, but I think next year my goal is to be able to completely sustain our family. All of our produce will come from our own land. Wow. So still figuring out the logistics and like the timing of things because you know there's like that feast and famine during the, mm -hmm. the harvesting times. Um, but that's my goal. So it's very lush. And right now my son has been a lot of help in the, well, quote unquote help yeah. in the garden. Um, we like to go worm hunting in there and he like, he was really happy to use the hose to water the plants and the rocks and trees, whatever he can spray it. That's not me. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. The Okanagan is beautiful for any listeners oh, who haven't been so there. Gorgeous. It is. It's so amazing. gorgeous. And we live, it's it's one of the few places like we're we're like 13 minutes from the top of the ski hill and about the same distance to the lake. So you can literally snowboard or ski and like wake surf in the same day. Wow. During, you know, fall and spring. It's it's incredible. Yeah. And the, and mm -hmm. it gets like pretty hot there during the summer too, right? Yeah. 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 Like shockingly. Yeah. I mean like Canadian hot. It's not like it's not like <laughs> it's Nevada, but <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But it, it's yeah, like in the in like the high thirties. Yeah, so that's pushing like a hundred. It's getting close to a hundred in Fahrenheit. Yeah, it's hot. It also gets very yes. cold. So. <laughs> cool. Very cool. I'm sure our other gardener listeners would love love hearing about that. Okay. So we've talked about your joy. We've talked about, man, adapting to motherhood. And, and you've, you've mentioned that you're a lifelong learner. You're still learning and um, going to school. So my last question for you is what's some advice, what's some wisdom that you can share with our audience? I would love to share that your inner voice, your inner dialogue, sub-vocalization, whatever you want to call it, it matters so much. What you tell yourself, what you think about yourself matters so much. It is the probably the most powerful tool that you have in your toolbox and you should be using it to your advantage as much as possible. If you're telling yourself that today's going to be a great day and you can handle this, 
that you are in control, that you are smart, that you are beautiful, that you are confident, heck yeah, it's all true. And if you're believing the opposite, that's your truth too. And something that has been an absolute game changer for me, for anyone who's into meditation, you don't have to be, but I find something that's been really powerful for me is in those transition moments when you're transitioning from one activity to the next, just sitting down and closing your eyes takes like 30 seconds to a minute. Just kind of see where your body feels like, what where your mind's at, what kind of state you're in, and asking yourself, who do I need me to be in this moment? Maybe who do my child who do my children need me to be? Who does my spouse need me to be? My coworkers, whatever. And it's not the answer shouldn't be something like, well, they need me to be happy and they need me to do all the things perfect. No, I find that 99% of the time, the answer that my body tells me is my son needs me to make eye contact with him or my spouse needs me to listen and not try and solve his problems. It's it's usually the most simplest things, our, our families, our loved ones, our coworkers, whatever, whomever we're working with, don't need us to be perfect. And we're often setting ourselves up for failure. If you if you try and fulfill that impossible expectation, oftentimes it's just the simple things and your body's telling you whatever it needs at that time. Listen to yourself, listen to your body. You've got this. I love that. Yes, meditation is a total game changer. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I started recently doing yoga and they in this in my sessions my yoga instructor encourages us to meditate and she'll kind of walk us through a meditation. Oh, I love that. I like have to go to yoga. Like that is a mandatory thing for me. Because yeah, it's it is so important and and I love that you're talking about taking just 30 seconds in between activities because like sometimes as you were saying that, I was thinking like, yeah, how many, how often do we sit on our phones while our kids play or how often do we, you know, get busy with something else? And then if you take a moment and just realize, okay, I need to make eye contact <laughs> with my child instead of scrolling Instagram or posting on my stories or whatever. Yeah, it's like part of being intentional with your time as well. Absolutely. Intentional is is the perfect word for it because I find when you're transitioning from, well, coming back from work or school or whatever, and now you're picking up little ones and now you're, you've got to make supper and then you've got to clean up and then you've got to like do all these things, you, you might find that your, your heartbeat is just racing and you're trying to get everything done and do it well. And then you lay down at the end of the day and you're like, I have no idea how anybody else in my family is doing. I have no idea what what's going on in their lives or I didn't did I even like was the quality of time existent oftentimes no so it's so important to take that time and make it intentional and quit being so hard on ourselves amen all right that's beautiful thank you so much for coming on the show today um, and sharing your life experience and your wisdom that was really fun thank you Jerica thank you so much for having me Thank you for listening. Join the conversation and stay up to date on new episodes on Instagram at she has a name too. And be sure to check out Camille's page at the learning mom. She has a name too is a production of Mecco radio. 
I, Jerrica Dennison, was your host and was joined by Camille Roney. This episode was edited by Alex Williams.